bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You've got your radio sisters, Rachel Bowen Alley Cad, and joining you today, singer-songwriter Matthew Sweet. In the middle of our conversation, you heard all about his songwriting process, and right now you're going to hear a little bit about another side of Matthew, his art collecting that led to a movie. Let's get back with singer-songwriter Matthew Sweet. So now you're known for your knowledge, and you have an extensive collection of Margaret Keene paintings. So what is it that attracted you? Oh, you're so cool to bring it up. Uh, you know, the keen thing was something my wife and I did even during times when I was really touring a lot and under a lot of pressure. And it was kind of a hopeless search at first. I mean, they were just very rare and difficult to find, especially until there was the Internet, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and we probably started, you know, a little pre-Internet or pre-useful Internet anyway uh-huh. on our collecting. And I bought a pair of black and white prints. I think they're in the 100% fun artwork or maybe in a video or something. Okay. And we would just kind of look at them and go, they're so weird and what are they, you know, and what happened to artists that did this kind of stuff, sort of, you know, in an urban archaeology sort of way, I guess. And then there were all these other artists that also had millions of prints everywhere, like Keen, the artist Mayo, that's the Harlequin Girls. I mean, I would think you guys would love this stuff. Uh-huh. Any girl groups that come over to my house, like the Bangles, they'd immediately be like, we're like the girls, because they're these life-size Harlequin paintings, you know. Yeah. To us, we're like, who is this lost era of sort of iconic stuff? It was not taken seriously like art, really, at the time it was happening. And we just became kind of hooked on that and luckily for us a lot of stuff had kind of come out of Los Angeles some of the artists were there the Keens were based in San Francisco so they had a lot of connections and we really just spent a lot of years collecting and researching and we started finding things like we walked into a really small junk store in Palm Springs one day and there was the first Mayo original we'd ever seen a crawling girl in a harlequin suit that's 48 inches by 24 inches, you know, it was $75, and we were just aghast that we were finding it. <laughs> yeah. and the, like, you know, this is a real painting, and we're just trying to, like, get out the door. You right. Know? The keys were always kind of expensive, but now they're crazy valuable. Wow. It's unbelievable what happened. So how many do you have? You know, we kind of trade them around and sell them now and then. Okay. Um, but we probably have maybe 20 of them, including little teeny paintings and big mm-hmm. paintings. You know, some of our tiniest paintings, we have one that's probably three inches by two inches or something. Wow. Yeah. Put up in the movie to be one of the giant paintings in the movie. So wow. it's kind of crazy. And how you were they- a consultant on the movie, too. Consultants for the movie, we really were trying to tell people we knew that they should make a movie about the Keens back in kind of the late 90s because their story was very interesting. You know, the guy that really became famous for it didn't paint at all. But she was there painting paintings that were, quote, hers, quote, the whole time as well. So Uh this incredible output and an incredible sort of story. And she finally kind of came into her own and got the rights and everything. and Took credit for her own work. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, and so we were batting that around with people we knew. And, in fact, Scott and Larry, who ended up writing the movie, they wrote Ed Wood for Tim Burton. Okay. up writing the script. And, you know, Larry was a friend of mine all in the 90s. But even in between, uh, like when Tim Burton was with his girlfriend, Lisa Marie, she used to be, like, in all the movies. Okay. 
Um, she was obsessed with kind of the realm of art we were collecting and came over to visit one time, and uh, she brought Tim Burton over, and we even pitched to him. And he knew Margaret and kind of knew about the Keens, but we really pitched to him like their story, you know. We kind of whispered in all these people's ears that we didn't write movies and we weren't trying to get options or anything like that. So it was really exciting they finally got it sort of happening, you know. And to have Amy Adams play Margaret, who from the beginning we thought was the perfect actress, was really cool. Awesome. Neat thing to be behind the scenes in this whole thing. Yeah, it's funny because it's such a long time collecting thing for us. And the movie came together really right before we moved to Omaha. Okay. We visited up in Vancouver where they were making it. But I swear, I looked at Lisa, my wife. It was kind of once it was happening in those final months, I was like, our work is done here. (laughs) In Los Angeles. Like, it was one of the things we would have most liked to sort of see happen, you know. Yeah, it was the end of a chapter. End of a chapter, yeah. Mm -hmm. They made a keen movie. Very cool. Singer-songwriter and art collector Matthew Sweet here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now what can fans expect from the concert at Maha? It'll be an electric show. I imagine it'll be pretty fun for us just because we haven't played in quite a while since last year. And we also will have a new lead guitar player with us, a guy who played on my record a bunch. So that'll be a kind of a fresh thing. So it might be a little by the seat of our pants, but oftentimes those shows are among the most fun for us. You know? Absolutely, yeah. It won't have new songs on it because we aren't going to really have the time to rehearse. Okay. It will have a newness about the band. You yeah. know? Okay. When will the album be out? I'm going to guess it really will be released early next year. Okay. I did it through a Kickstarter, so you know there's 780 people who get it first. But okay. I think you kind of have to plan wider release to be right on the heels of that or else it would get everywhere and no one would buy it, you know? Right. We were kind of getting into all that stuff and all the rewards, you know, I promise. I'm working on that stuff this fall. Title? Uh, the title is Tomorrow Forever. Okay. It's actually stolen from a teen painting. In the movie, there's sort of a climax scene where Walter has his quote-unquote masterpiece painting that he had Margaret paint of, of millions of the kids in this sort of surrealist landscape. Okay. And it's supposed to appear in the uh, 1964 World Fair, and they have this big thing with a critic in New York, and it ends up not being shown, and Walter kind of loses his mind. And that's not probably what really happened with that painting specifically at the time, but it's kind of a dynamic in the movie. I've always liked this painting it's this weird like march of humanity kind of thing okay. and I love the title of it always so I think we're going to get to use the painting and have like a double gatefold vinyl that opens up awesome oh cool but that's where I stole the title but I really think about time a lot and I try to look at time in different ways I'm sort of really interested in physics for that reason you know okay. kind of follow physics things and take those free classes online it's the amazing <laughs> can do and tomorrow forever it's rich in the idea of time and there's a lot of time on my record and your two worlds are colliding yes the music and the art that's right yeah so are there any songs on the record that embody that title or that are about the keen paintings um no not really you know it's more likely probably to be titles or something but it's funny i'm now remembering you asked me at the beginning of what was it that attracted us to those paintings and in a way you know there's a thing that goes on with them and the eyes and the sort of this intense, like, going into an internal world, or a person, even you're looking at them, they're experiencing a very internal thing. Okay. Over the years, I've learned about secure attachment, 
when you're like a baby. Mm-hmm. And if you get secure attachment, it's really important kind of in early childhood development. And if you don't get it for whatever reason, your mother was more distracted, like that kind of thing, it causes, you know, problems for you sort of in life. At some point I started thinking, you know, it's like secure attachment. There's just something about them like I feel like I'm looking into the universe through them or something. Okay. It's- do you feel that way about your music? I do. You know, my music's so internal, you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. very much however big my internal world is, how big the world of my music is, kind of. When I love it, that. Eve, it's kind of not the same thing or whatever, you know, it's changing out into something else, you know? Yeah. And it's being drawn into that internal world. Cool. Before we let you go, how do you think being from Nebraska has kind of weaved itself into your music or even the way you handle your career? People really didn't know what Nebraska was. I, we've run yeah. into that, too. We hear ya. <laughs> it was almost like being from somewhere exotic that nobody knew about. Yeah. And But for me, I remembered this kind of openness from when I was a kid. And being back here, I can see that just the very nature of most of it being flat, and especially more in Lincoln than in Omaha, where I live, it makes the sky just gigantically open, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's the feeling that I really had as a kid. I don't know why. To me, it was synonymous with sort of any possibility. I never felt like I was stuck in one thing. It was like anything was possible. And when you asked that question just now, I kind of ran through my head like, in a way, it works even sort of stylistically. There was not really a style that came from here. Mm-hmm. It's such a central location. You can sort of take from all kinds of styles. The way I do take from all kinds of styles, I think, is a very Nebraska thing. Yeah. But to me, country and British invasion music and California soft rock or whatever, all, they belong together, you know? <laughs> right, and, we get that. <laughs> and moving back here, I've really had that feeling of being equidistant from everything or something. Right, it's, yeah. it's cool, it's cool to me, I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right, and thanks for joining the show. Really insightful talking to you, love it. It's my pleasure. That's Matthew Sweet. You can catch Matthew at Maha August 20th. That's right, Bowen. Up next, Gabriel Chavaria. You'll meet this up-and-coming actor to talk about the hit series East Los High on Hulu. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Deconstruct me and consume me.